So, Jenny, I've started the mic if you want to start. Great. Thanks, Steve. Um, welcome, everybody. We're thrilled to have you here. It's nice to start off at 8 o'clock Eastern time with exactly 100 participants. Oh, now we're, the numbers are climbing, so that's even better. Um, I'm Jenny Bradbury with PBS Teachers. It's a real pleasure to have everyone here tonight. We're, we have a great program. Um, and before we get started and I introduce our speakers for the evening, I'm going to ask Steve to give everyone a quick overview of Illuminate so everyone's familiar with the environment that we're going to be uh, meeting in tonight and you have a sense of how to use some of the different tools. So Steve, um, take it away. Thanks, Jenny. Welcome, everybody. We're really delighted to have you here. This is a fun environment. Uh, there, are some, there are some pieces of this that I want to make sure that you know about. If a question is asked during the event, you can see some icons at the top of your screen right now that have a, a green check and a red X. And if you click on those, you can indicate yes with a green check and no with a red X. Um, there are some other options. If they come up, we'll explain them to you at the time. Um, you're looking at a view on your screen, and you're looking at the participants, and you have a chat window. Uh, I recommend that you actually go up to View and Layout and switch to the Wide Layout. I find that's a little easier to follow the chat. And tonight, for the first time, I actually went to Tools Chat, and I reduced the size of the, the text in the chat box, which also made it a little bit easier for me. Uh, if you want to type in a message to the group as a whole, you can do so in the blank area at the bottom of your chat window. Do be aware that uh, you can also send private messages. Uh, there's a little drop-down box that lets you send a message to someone else in the system. But if you do send a private message, anybody who's a moderator can actually see it. So it's not fully private. Uh, we do appreciate your being thoughtful about the chat with 110 people in the room. The chat can get very busy, and it can be distracting if it's not on topic. So we'll ask that you just um, or use your best judgment to make sure that the chat actually adds to the event and doesn't distract, because sometimes it can throw the speakers off if they're trying to follow a chat that's not directly related to the topic. Um, I'm going to switch to the next slide. This is a map of the world, and I'm going to give everybody the permissions. You'll see you've got a new little icon next to your name to mark this map. And you would do that by clicking on the little wand with the red dot at the end. And you can place yourself on the map. Once you've clicked on that wand, then you can click on the map and show us where you're from. And it's also fun to put that in the chat as well, maybe with the time and temperature if you're so inclined. Now, I know we had someone from Australia, and I'm not showing it there yet, and it looks like China or Hong Kong, and maybe England or Scotland. There's Australia, the big bright star. Okay, and now I'm going to shift to a map just of the United States. So if you are in the States, you can give us a little bit more detail of where you are. Same procedure, just click on uh, the map with your wand. So I'm intrigued that, um, that the great majority of you are either on the East Coast or um, in um, Central Time. Have fun. 
Okay, Jenny, so I'm going to pass things back to you unless I forgot something critical. No, I think that's all the major stuff, so thanks for, for giving that overview. Um, so welcome again, everyone. Uh, we're up to 119 now, which is Great. Um, so to let you know what to expect tonight, uh, first we're going to have an introduction, introduction to CyberChase from a professional development expert with Channel 13 in New York, which is the producing station for the program. She's going to tell you about both the on-air and online resources that are available from CyberChase and um, give you some great resources that you can use in your math classroom. Then we're going to have uh, Peg join us. Uh, Peg Yeager is a professor and she's going to talk about using CyberChase with pre-service teachers and some of the techniques that they look at in her classroom for using uh, digital media and technology to en enhance math instruction. Then we're going to be joined by Bob Kretsch, who's an elementary school technology specialist, and he's going to share some strategies that he uses with the teachers with whom he works to incorporate CyberChase of episodes. And finally, we're going to be joined by Sandy Goldberg, also from Channel 13 in New York, who's going to show you a really exciting service called VITAL, which stands for Video in Teaching and Learning, through which you can access a lot of great CyberChase um, resources as well as uh, supplementary materials. So a lot of great resources and strategies um, lie ahead tonight. Once we're done with that, we're going to have a Q&A section. Um, as Steve mentioned, the chat space is a great place to post questions for the speakers. And those of us who are playing more of a moderating role are going to be um, looking for the questions that you have for the speakers tonight and trying to collect those so that we can uh, surface them during the Q&A session. But we'll also invite you right at that time to, um, to submit new questions. And then we're going to do a quick wrap-up, give you a sense of what's coming down the pike um, in terms of upcoming PBS Teachers webinars. And uh, we're going to finish up with a survey. And we've added a feature to the survey tonight. We've gotten a lot of requests from people about uh, professional development uh, Sort of wanting verification that they attended one of these webinars so that they can get credit. So we've added a section to the survey. So if you stick around till the end and fill out that section of the survey and let us know that you want us to um, send a letter verifying your attendance, we can do that after tonight's event. So um, please, if you want to get a letter saying that you were here so that you can try to get credit for being here, because this is absolutely a professional development experience, then um, stick around and make sure that you fill out the survey at the end. So I think that's everything. Um, I saw a question in the chat, so I just wanted to make sure that I um, just said so that everyone understands. Uh, there will be a four different types of recordings of tonight's event that will be posted both on the PBS Teachers site and on Classroom 2.0 so that if you want to come back and look at the slides, look at the transcript of the chat, um, share this event with others, all of that information will be available for you after the event. So don't feel like you have to try to capture everything right now. You'll, you'll have lots of ways to access this information after the event's over. So um, without further ado, I'm going to introduce Maura Thompson from Channel 13, who is going to give you your introduction to CyberChase. So Maura, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Yes, and thank you, Jenny and Steve, for hosting us tonight. 
Um, as Jenny just said, my name is Maura Thompson, and I am the Outreach Manager for CyberChase at 13WNET. We also have another member of the CyberChase team manning the chat area. So if you have any specific questions about the CyberChase projects that I don't touch upon tonight that you want to ask in real time, quote unquote, feel free to type them in the chat area, and Laura Gallagher will be able to answer those for you. But before I start, I would like to gauge everybody's knowledge of CyberChase and ask you all to use either the green check or the red X on the toolbar at the top to indicate whether you are familiar with CyberChase or not. So green check for yes and red X for no. So I think what might have happened is that one of the moderators actually accidentally clicked the top of the column, which would erase all of the entries. So if you uh, check that and it's not next to your name, go ahead and check it again. And it is the check mark and the X up at the very top of not of the participant box, but the top of your screen. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> okay, I'm just looking through the group, and I think I can actually even publish this, right? Or if one of you um, who aren't presenting right now might do that for me, awesome. Thank you. So it looks like we have 50% saying that they don't know anything about CyberChase, and then half and half with either None, no answer, <laughs> or some knowledge of CyberChase. Well, great, um, because I'm going to give a very brief overview of the project before passing the mic over to two, to two dynamic educators that will model their use of CyberChase in the elementary and university classroom. So CyberChase is an award-winning math mystery cartoon geared towards 8 to 11-year-olds. And the premise is a team of three curious kids and a wacky cyberbird use math to outsmart the bad guys and save cyberspace. Supporting the TV series are print materials, a website loaded with games and content for parents and teachers, external evaluations, educator trainings, and promotions. CyberChase's mission is to help its audience, specifically the 8 to 11-year-olds, develop and sustain enthusiasm for math, develop skills in reasoning and problem solving, to see math in their everyday world, and to foster an I can do this attitude, and also to see the usefulness of mathematical thinking. CyberChase follows uh, the NCTM standards and is based in classroom experience and cognitive research. Episodes are often created to illustrate areas where, children's are where children are having particular difficulty with math. The storylines make a meaningful connection to kids via humor while modeling those important problem-solving skills. And there's one big math idea per episode. And the characters employ different learning styles and strategies to solve that big math idea or to arrive at that big math idea. We are now going to send the CyberChase overview reel to you via a YouTube link. And I just want to make a couple of notes. Um, if you could just make sure that you adjust your audio on YouTube. Sometimes you might think it's coming up um, very low, so you might just want to turn up your audio on the YouTube. And please don't pause the video while you're watching it, because we are going to close the YouTube window once the video times out. So Jenny, if you can send the overview reel, that'd be great.
All right. So I'm sure some of you recognize a couple of the character voices because I even saw that some of you were writing them in the chat box. Digit the Cyberbird is voiced by Gilbert Gottfried. I definitely saw that shout out. And the hacker, the big green guy, he is voiced by Christopher Lloyd. And if we have time at the end of the session, um, we are going to play a very special video featuring Mr. Lloyd that I'm pretty sure you all will take delight in. Um, our newest initiative this uh, season is called Weather Watchers. Every season we try to tie in math to some sort of theme. You can see some of the different initiatives we had in the past, uh, math and inventions, math and sports. This year we have math and weather. And the activities that are available online and for free at our website include a cyber chase thermometer, a wind gauge, a storm tracking beam, a pinwheel, uh, an activity that demonstrates exponential growth and evaporative cooling. I'm now going to show you a clip from the Weather Watchers from a Weather Watchers episode called The X Factor. This episode is dedicated to exponential growth and the multiplier effect as it relates to environmental science. So if you are trying to um, also cover STEM and science and technology, engineering and math, this would be a great um, episode for you to view with your students. Peg, Bob, and Sandy will be modeling more how these clips may be integrated into the classroom lessons later. I am really happy to announce to you all that all the Weather Watchers activities and episode clips are available right now on the CyberChase site. And we will be looking at that in depth in just a moment. So Jenny, if you could also send that URL now to the X Factor clip on YouTube. So as you saw in the overview reel, each Cyber Chase episode is followed by a three-minute live action segment called Cyber Chase for Real. Each segment features either Bianca or Harry, who you can see on the fly, applying the math concept presented in the Cyber Chase episode to the real world. All of the for reals are found on the Cyber Chase website. And these segments have proven to be great standalones that we've even used to empower parents as they sort through math homework with their child. I am now going to share my desktop and walk you through just a bit um, for what we have online. And then I'm going to kick it over to Peg Yeager, who is going to be showing you how she uses all of our online resources in her university classroom.
Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just not seeing it come up on my screen, so give me one second. Okay, unfortunately, I'm not seeing the window come up that would be normally, right, I'm also not seeing a screen come up that would be my desktop. So you may want to change your view, your Illuminate view, to the um, narrow minimal layout. I'm sorry to do this to you guys. Are you seeing my um, internet? We are, and there's a uh, sort of a gray box in front of the the page, and that's probably from an application that's sitting in front of um, what you've got going. So, did you try changing your uh, Illuminate view? So it would be the top of Illuminate view layout, and then go to um, go to narrow minimal layout. Yeah, I have that. I'm really sorry. We did um, do a run through where this didn't occur. The gray box now just I'm went seeing away. everything. Yeah. Okay, you're all seeing my my desktop now. Awesome. I'm so sorry. We did do a run through with this, and it worked perfectly. Um, thanks for bearing with me. So I'm going to make this um, even quicker so that we can get to. Um, both Peg and Bob and Sandy. So um, you've heard about our on-air and on-the-ground presence, and I'm just going to walk you through CyberChase Online and so you, show you a couple of great things that we have going on there. The site has over 1.3 billion page views to date with 650,000 unique visits per week. So kids like to go to CyberChase Online, and this season is bursting with new content. The children's site has over 40 multi-level educational games, including Cyber Chase the Quest, a game that children may log into and save their gaming results to visit at another time. Available exclusively online this season are three Cyber Chase shorts entitled The Misadventures of Buzz and Deletes, they are two characters from the show, and some math shorts with Harry from the Surreals entitled Math Magic, and a new game called Lucky Storm, and a new quest called Stop the Stormerator. The parents and teachers portion of the website provides access to Cyber Chase lessons and activities, news and events, educational philosophies, supportive research, and a comprehensive search engine. We've also just added an outreach page where you may access outreach presentations, including webinars that we provide through WNET.org. Along with our presentations, you will find images and logos and the guidelines for using them, video clips and activities that go along with them. A wonderful feature of the Parents and Teachers site is the search box. Educators may enter in a keyword and all of the episodes, for reels, activities, and lesson plans that match that keyword will result. So for example, I may want to extend my classroom learning on fractions. So I enter in the word fractions, and I click search. And 
everything, the episodes, web games, print activities, lesson plans, and video clips that relate to that word, that keyword, are listed. So now that you have a foundation for understanding the CyberChase project, I'm going to pass this presentation off to the first of two creative educators using CyberChase resources in their classroom, Peg Yeager. Thank you, Maura. Steve, is my sound okay? You sound great to me. You could speak up just a little probably. Okay, thank you. Because when Maura was coming in, it was very muffled. So, Thank you. Good evening. I applaud all of the participants, and you certainly do deserve professional development hours. Um, as Maura stated, I teach at the university level, elementary education majors. The courses I teach are not math courses, but how to teach math. Through my position as an educational consultant at NJN, New Jersey Public Television, I create and present workshops. I have become intimate with the CyberChase website, and that's what served as a catalyst for me incorporating many of the activities in my teaching. So tonight I will address Do Now, Literature and Manipulatives, Math Workshop, View, Do, Read, Math Science Integration, and Anticipatory Set. Maura, uh, we've lost the uh, website. Can we bring up more math fun, please? Can we do that through a regular web tour, Jenny, or does it need to be in the app share? Thank you. Yeah, these activities sound in more math fun. I recommend to my students that they use these as do now activities. You know those assignments you give children at times of transition. Um, I think they're they're wonderful because firstly everything is aligned to standards. They encourage higher order thinking. They're very enticing. They're self-correcting. The answers are on the bottom, and some of them are even holiday themed. Now, I'm not saying we should isolate the use just to do now activities, but that would be a wonderful uh, use. Okay, thank you, Maura. Would you please go to games, the list of games? Maura spoke generally about the web games. I would like just to uh, focus in on a couple of them and tell you my recommended use. Um, you know, in, interest, in teaching the, uh, my students, I encourage them to use good children's literature in the teaching of mathematics. So after reading a book such as um, Inch by Inch, I might refer them to the game Wacky Ruler, which is coming up now on your monitor. And in this, the students use non-standard measurement, a, a wacky ruler, to measure cyber worms. And then they check their answers on the computer. I also introduce my students to many math manipulatives. So if you refer down to the game Tangrams, um, after I introduce Tangrams, I'll read a story such as Grandfather Tang's story. And in, while I'm reading, I encourage my students to replicate the characters in the story using Tangrams. And then I refer them to CyberChase's Tangrams, which is a nice introduction to uh, virtual manipulatives. And then Maura, please scroll down to Jelly Bean Jostle, a very sweet game and certainly timely. A candy store owner drops jelly beans on the floor. The jelly beans fall among 20 tiles. And there is a template that you could print out. So I print it out and I cut out and I give pairs of students three of the tiles. 
and on the tiles are jelly beans. And from looking at the three tiles, the students need to ascertain how many jelly beans fell among the 20 tiles. And you might follow that up by reading a good book on estimation, such as uh, How Much is a Million. Games are fantastic. Okay, thank you, Maura. Two lesson plans and activities kits, please. I advocate the use of the workshop model for teaching mathematics. I'm sure many of you, if you're teachers, you use reading workshop, writing workshop. Well, that format works beautifully for the teaching of mathematics also. You know, you teach an objective during your mini lesson. The students then get in their groups. They're working cooperatively. They're problem solving. And after that, they share and justify their answers. Well, I use the uh, lesson plans and activity kits when I model that. Again, these activities are, you know, they're, they're uh, uh, related to the standards. Encourage higher order thinking. They address the multiple intelligences. And yes, there is an answer case. So I, I don't think it gets any better. They also lend themselves to group work, to collaborative learning. Okay, more to print activities, please. PBS developed something known as the learning triangle. And what the learning triangle suggests is that students view an episode or part of an episode, and they follow that up with an activity, and they read a book that's related. And I think by sending these home, they're the ones listed as view, do, and read. It's a wonderful homeschool connection. And by sending it home, you're serving multiple purposes. Number one, you're teaching parents about smart TV. The mathematics is obvious in it. The parents learn that TV viewing can and should be interactive. And the topics are related to real life, such as shopping. Okay, now to um, featured themes, please, Maura. Cyber Chase included a science connection, and I love that. It's math and science. And there are many activities that students can choose. They can pick a project where they might reflect on something, and then they want to find out about it. Cyber Chase also um, has a template for a science notebook. And there's one activity about weather bugs that I'm very partial to. It's how you can tell the weather using cricket chirps. When I taught fourth grade, I used to have crickets in the classroom. And the children loved it. The night custodians, not so much. But they're just really interesting um, projects, as I said, get the kids thinking. And it shows the mathematics in science. And then lastly, for those of you who are in districts that require you to use the teachings of Madeline Hunter and the essential elements of instruction to incorporate that into your lesson planning. The four real episodes that uh, Maura talked about, they're excellent. I would use them as the anticipatory set. You know, the anticipatory set, the beginning of the lesson where you're hooking your students. What better way to hook them than with real kids in real life settings solving real math problems? So my friends, I wish you happy teaching. I'm a, I know my personal mantra is work smarter, not harder. CyberChase has done the work for us, and they've done it very well. Laura, all yours, darling. Thank you. Great. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for bearing with us with um, a couple of those blunders there. I'm passing off, I believe, the microphone now to Bob Crush, and I will give him the honors of uh, introducing himself to everybody. Hi, this is Bob Kretsch. Um, I'm the elementary math specialist for the West Windsor Plainsboro Schools in Princeton Junction, New Jersey. 
And that job is basically working with uh, teachers in classrooms as a math coach. Um, I go in, I do demonstration lessons, team teach with teachers, plan together. And one of the parts of the job is also to bring in um, resources to the classroom. And CyberChase has been one of the best resources that I've been able to use with, with kids at the K-6 level. Um, I think having seen the clips, or if you're familiar with the show, you can see what an engaging and fun and imaginative context it provides for kids to do math. And that's something we're always trying to give kids is a context where you're actually applying math in a real way that's fun and interesting. And CyberChase really meets the bill there. It, it's neat because it taps into both worlds that kids exist in, sort of that world of the imagination, where you have the characters and you have cyberspace, and also into that real world they live in, where you have CyberChase for real and they're dealing with problems that you know typical people might deal with in a given day. So it provides a great context for that. And the other piece that's really nice is that it has this problem-solving approach, where rather than telling kids, you know, today we're going to learn about multiplication, um, it really slowly comes out in the story as a problem where multiplication is used to solve it. So it models some really good math. Um, like if you get a chance to view some of these, you'll see that the kids will often persevere through a series of difficulties in solving a problem. They don't always solve it exactly right the first time, but they keep going. So it has nice attributes like that as well. Um, the way I typically use it in a classroom is I'll show the video. Like, for instance, this is a, a still from uh, one of the shows called Sensible Flats. And in this show, the um, hacker, who is the evil villain, uh, is part of a land grab. And people are staking out land. And the judge or mayor of the town has a rectangular piece of land. And Hacker creates this unusual piece of land. But the rule is that nobody can have a piece of land with an area bigger than Judge Trudy. Um, and she suspects that Hacker's land is actually bigger. So what we'll do in the classroom is watch this video up to a given point, and then I'll usually stop it. And I'll invite kids to see if they can solve this problem. Is Hacker's land bigger? Does it have a bigger area or, or not? And, and uh, it's a great chance for kids to work together to solve problems, um, either in pairs or in small groups or individually. And we'll give time to solve the problem. We'll work at it. And then eventually we'll go back to the video, and we'll see if um, the way we solved it is the same way the kids did or if we agree with them too. So great problem solving opportunities and chances to do collaborative learning in small groups. In the same um, video, there's also the for real segment. In this segment, Bianca is planning a sleepover. And she's having the sleepover for her birthday. And she figures the more people I can invite, the more presents I'll get. And she decides to try to figure out how many sleeping bags she can fit into her living room. And so she does it through a couple of mathematical approaches. And again, we stop the video and invite kids to try to figure it out, like how many sleeping bags will fit and how do you know. Um, another way to use CyberChase uh, using the videos, and they are all available online in various ways for free. But uh, one thing I've been using lately is also VITAL, which Sandy will be talking to you about in a little bit. Um, VITAL provides clips of the shows, short clips, 
and um, you can, because many teachers will say, I don't really have time to show a 40-minute video in my class or a 30-minute video, but I could show, you know, a clip that runs for maybe three to five minutes. And what VITAL has done is created or taken certain clips and organized them so that, for instance, last week I was doing an introductory lesson on division with third graders, and I was able to run a search and find four clips that I could use each one with a short problem uh, with a division situation where the kids could work on it, solve it, and then we go back to the clip and see how the kids on the show solved it as well. And that was in a program called Halloween How. So CyberChase is this great resource. Kids love it. Um, and it provides lots of opportunities for really good teaching in math. So I'd highly recommend it if you haven't given it a chance yet. And since I've talked so much about VITAL, I should probably pass this on to Sandy now because she's really the expert. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Goldberg, as Bob told you, and I'm the director of the VITAL project at WNET in New York. I am going to try and share my desktop with you and show you the VITAL website. Can you all see that? Okay, um, so VITAL is a free online library of media resources for K-12 classrooms. There are more than 125 different CyberChase video segments on the VITAL Teachers Domain service, and all of them have accompanying lesson plans. Registration is free, and it only takes five minutes. Um, I wasn't really looking. Can you all see um, the website here? Okay, great. Um, so it just takes five minutes. You just click the button that says register now, choose a sign a name and a password, tell us a little bit about yourself, and you're done. So I'm going to log in, and we'll take a look. Okay, VITAL is actually a special edition of Teachers Domain, which is a service of WGBH in Boston. Some of you may already be familiar with Teachers Domain. Since I'm from New York, you see the VITAL branding at the top of the page and a menu of resources that is specifically organized according to the New York State core curriculum. If you log in from another state, you'll have access to all of the same resources, but you'll see the Teachers Domain branding at the top. I'm going to click on this K-12 tab over here which will bring up the same menu that you'll see when you're on the standard K-12 edition. All right, if I scroll down a bit here, you can see that VITAL is organized according to five content strands, numbers and operations, algebra, geometry, measurement, and data analysis and probability. I'm going to the math page now so you can see how each content strand is organized into topics and subtopics. If I click on a subtopic, I see a list of resources. Let me show you one of these resources. Okay, as I said earlier, there are more than 125 CyberChase segments and 80 math lesson plans to accompany the segments. Each segment is about three to five minutes long and has been carefully selected to focus on a particular concept, in this case, equivalent fractions. 
At the top of the page, you see a thumbnail image and a synopsis of the video. You can choose to either stream the video by clicking the View button, or you can download it. Because bandwidth at most schools is generally not very reliable, we recommend that you download the video before using it with your class. Okay, in this area over here on the left-hand side of the page, we provide suggestions for using the video in a math lesson. Our approach to using video in the classroom arose from research conducted by the Center for Children and Technology. The researchers were working with fourth and fifth grade teachers, and they found that when teachers used VITAL in an English language arts lesson, they instinctively treated the video like text. That is, before they showed the video, they provided a context for viewing, either by relating the video to what they'd been studying, or by setting up a simple introductory activity. Then they gave students something specific to focus on while watching the segment, and afterwards they discussed the video together. Now what was really interesting is that these very same teachers, when using a video in a math lesson, just played the video. No context, no focus, and very little discussion. So this led to what we call the frame, focus, and follow-up approach. And so for every CyberChase video on VITAL, we offer specific frame, focus, and follow-up suggestions with the frame and focus on one tab and the follow-up questions on another. Something else that we learned from teachers during our research is that they wanted to see how our content correlated with the textbooks they were using. And so we provide connections to two major textbook series, Everyday Math and Investigations. We hope to add other textbooks in the future. And of course, there's also a standards correlation. Right now, we correlate to the New York standards and to the NCTM standards. Eventually, we'll have correlations to all 50 states. As I mentioned earlier, just about every CyberChase video has an accompanying lesson plan. The link to the lesson plan is in this yellow box over here. Teachers told us they wanted short, simple lesson plans with step-by-step -step instructions, something that they could look at in five minutes and run with. As you can see, the lesson is short. Scroll down just a bit here. There are only six steps. The lesson offers yet another approach to frame, focus, and follow-up, and they include handouts and assessments. There are two levels of assessments for each lesson plan, proficiency and above proficiency. Both the handouts and the assessments can be modified to meet the needs of your students. There's just one more thing that I'd like to show you. To the top of the page here. At the top of the page, you see a link to my folders and my groups. This feature allows you to save resources to a folder and assign that folder to groups of students. We're going to be making some changes to this part of the service over the next six months or so by adding some social networking tools that will allow you to do things like share your folders with teachers around the country. So be sure to check back often. And that's it for me. We have some time now for questions and answers, I believe. So back to you, Amy. Jenny, I mean. Sorry. Let me just unlock this. There you go. Great. Thanks, Sandy, so much. Um, so this is our time for Q&A. Um, and folks should uh, feel free to use the chat space right now to um, 
put in questions. I've been collecting some questions, as has Steve, and, and there were a lot that came in during this past segment. So, um, Sandy, I'm going to I'm going to put some of these to you. Um, one of the questions was about whether home educators can use Vital and Teachers Domain. Film educators, home edu homeschoolers. Absolutely, homeschoolers can use it. You just, um, I think, when you log on, if it asks you for your school, then either if there's not a place to check homeschool, you can go in and just submit your home address and say that it's your school. But absolutely, it's available for homeschoolers, and it's free of charge for anybody, any educator who wants to use it. Great, thanks. Um, there are also a couple of questions about rights. Someone asked them, um, when we download the content from uh, Teachers Domain or Vital, can we save it on our server? Do we have to delete it afterwards? And someone also asked about copyright. Can, so can you speak to the um, rights framework that exists in, in Vital and Teachers Domain? Yes, absolutely. Um, what we've done is, um, actually WGBH in Boston has set this up. They've set up three different levels of use for the videos. Um, actually, the level zero would be streaming only, and those are videos that can't be download downloadable. Level one is download on only, which means that you can download it, but you can't put it on a, put it, use it in a website or share it in a PowerPoint presentation. Download and share, which is level two, which is the level that all the CyberChase videos are, means that you can download it, you can transfer it using a flash drive to another computer, you can include it in a website or a PowerPoint presentation for specific educational use only. Um, and the last level, level three, is download, share, and remix. And that's where you can um, do video mashups and do all kinds of things like that with the video. Uh, as you can imagine, a lot of public television producers are not really ready to give that level of rights to video, so there are not quite as many of them on the site as we would like. Um, the CyberChase videos are not remixable, but we'd really like to make that happen, so we're working on it. When you download a video, there is a license that um, comes up, so you can read these in great detail if you like, whenever you download. Great. We had um, another question about whether there's pre-K content available through VITAL or just K through 12. There is some content that could be used for pre-K um, that's not math content. The only math content is CyberChase. I think you probably could try and make some CyberChase segments work with some pre-K students, um, but we haven't created any materials to go along with the videos that would help you do that. Um, there are some very creative teachers that we've met who have been taking content that was actually created for high school students. There was this, there's this wonderful interactive about snowflakes, and she has taken it and adapted it and used it with her pre-K students. So I think that um, my recommendation is when you search for resources, don't search by grade level. Look at the resource, get creative, and see how you can take it and adapt it for use with younger children. The things that we have that are specifically related for younger kids, there's a collection of resources from the show Between the Lions that focuses on early literacy. Great, thank you. Um, we had a question that came in pretty early uh, for Peg, which was whether she could speak a little bit more about math workshops and what she means when she um, talks about that. Yes, I read in the chat area. Uh, the person who uh, talked about having writing workshop, if you have writing workshop or readings workshop, 
What I recommend is just following that same format. For the workshop approach to teaching, if you look at a rectangle and break it into fourths, one square would be a mini lesson where you teach to an objective. And even if you need a timer, you make that lesson very short. You know, depending on the age of the students, no more than 10 minutes. You're teaching to an objective. Then you let the children work, hopefully in their cooperative groups, and they would have their math problems to be solved. They'll be solving math problems cooperatively. While they're doing that, the teacher, so the second, uh, the second block in your rectangle would be that the children are working independently, meaning independent of you. They could be working in groups. While they're working, you're conferring. You're walking around. You're seeing if kids are on task. Do they need any help? How are they thinking? You're almost you know, doing your assessment while you're walking around talking to your students. And then the last block would be share, where if it were writing workshop, they would be sharing their writing. In math workshop, they would be sharing the responses to the problem and justifying their answers. And I just think it's a, I think it's a wonderful way to teach all of the content areas. Truthfully, if you think about it, it would work for science just as well as it works for reading and writing. Great, thanks, Peg. Um, I guess maybe this question is is for Mora. Um, there was a question about um, are there online interactives that um, you can use to follow up the videos? Maybe you could speak about how kind of the content on the web is connected to the on-air episodes a little bit more. Sure. I think that the best bet when looking for anything on our website is to use that um, keyword search box that I showed you. Because if there is a math concept that you would like to follow up with that it might not even be a, um, another activity that you want to do with the kids, but it might just be a game. Or as you saw Peg show you, there were things like project starters. By entering in a keyword and searching, anything that relates to that concept will come up and you'll be able to um, access things much more easily than trying to uh, weed through a very rich, and I must say a very dense website. So I would advocate for that search box. Great. And I think the last set of questions that I saw have to do with um, accessing the videos. So someone said, how can I access these videos if my school district doesn't offer them? And someone asked whether the videos are available through iTunes. Can, um, I'm not sure who's, maybe Maura, you can speak to that? Right. I'm not sure of the exact number that's available on iTunes. I think we're somewhere around 80, um, but I might not want to be quoted on that. Um, you can definitely log in there and access our videos for download. You can um, also go to our site now and the new Weather Watchers initiative. The clips that relate back to the activities are also available for download. And I know moving forward, this is something that we're trying to do is to create content that is um, ready for download. And there's also some videos available um, on the PBS website for sale. But there is, I think I also saw that there was a question if there was a library available, and there is not a complete season library available for purchase or for download yet. Okay, thanks very much. Um, any last questions that people want to put into the chat box? Um, now is your is your moment.
Okay, I see a question about past webinars, and that, I guess that's my segue. So I will um, give you a sense of, of all things webinars from PBS teachers, and then if we have a minute at the end, we'll, we'll take some more questions. So um, quickly, because um, this webinar was, was um, promoted to some folks as an Earth Day webinar, and I do think that really that you could use the um, Weather Watchers episodes as a great way to connect math and science content in your classroom. There's a whole bunch of other Earth Day content available from PBS, um, particularly PBS Kids. So um, if folks are looking for creative ways to teach Earth Day, which is coming up um, just in a couple weeks, um, I recommend um, that new episodes from a lot of kids producers, including Curious George, Arthur, and Cyberchase, as well as Superwise, Sid the Science Kid, and other favorite programs. There's a great um, broadband channel on PBS Kids Go where kids can watch videos and actually play games that have been incorporated into videos. And they'll have a special Earth Day channel on that video player. So the URL for that is here on this slide. And maybe, Steve, if you could um, put that in the chat window, that would be great. Uh, there's also um, a, a game for um, younger children called Dot Story Factory, where kids can create their own um, little stories and post them to the website to share with other kids. And there will be a special Earth Day-centered story for them to work on there. The Arthur site just launched a couple of new games uh, associated with Earth Day. There's the Groovy Garden Game and the Tree House. Um, Design Squad, which is a really interesting um, program for middle school kids focusing on engineering has an Earth Day related contest coming up. Maya and Miguel has a very popular lesson plan called Every Day is Earth Day. And on PBS Parents, there are actually two chat series or two um, expert Q&A series um, or happening this month, both related to Earth Day with, um, with parenting experts sharing ideas about how to get young children and, and, and even not such young children interested in um, learning about their environment and caring for their environment. So lots of great content um, related to Earth Day available from PBS. So in terms of upcoming webinars, next month we hope that you'll join us on the 4th of May when Jean-Michel Cousteau, who will um, just be back on dry land, will be our guest talking about his passion for ocean science, why it's so important to teach ocean science. And then um, folks from KQED, our, one of our um, really terrific PBS stations in San Francisco, will be sharing some great resources for teaching marine science um, to middle school students. But the, the resources are great and can be scaled both up and down in terms of age range. Um, on June 2nd, we'll have three technology integration specialists coming to talk with folks about how you can use your summer vacation to learn about technology integration and create a personal learning network. So that should be a really fun way to kind of kick off your summer and think about how you can use that time productively and connect with peers using online tools. And then in July, we're still waiting um, for the date and time, but it's going to most likely be um, the first week of July or early the second week. We're going to have some uh, producers and curriculum experts talking about a really nice collection of early childhood literacy resources that are available from PBS. So we hope you'll join us for all of those events. 
uh, will continue right through the fall. So um, we'll have events um, every month, and, and a couple of months we'll actually have two webinars. So we hope you'll join us for all of those. Um, and you can do that by going to the PBS Teachers website and um, letting us know you're interested, and we'll make sure that you get information for how to join those webinars. So here's the PBS Teachers site. In addition to offering these uh, professional development webinars, we have over 9,000 free lesson plans, activities, interactives, and videos available on this site. All of the CyberChase educational resources are searchable through our site, as well as uh, content from a huge number of kids and um, general audience producers at PBS. So we hope that you'll visit the site and take advantage of the great standards-based resources that are available for folks there. We also just recently launched some PBS Teachers Activity Packs, which are collections of content related to particular themes. So you'll see here on this slide that we're highlighting an Earth Day Activity Pack, which has links to PBS resources as well as classroom activity ideas for grades 3 through 12. It's a really rich collection and we definitely recommend that you come visit it and check it out. And if you like what you see, these were built as widgets. So um, you'll see down here in the bottom, uh, there's a grab it button. And you can um, click on that, and it'll give you code or just a quick link to add this to your own class or school web page or to Facebook or any number of social sites. So um, all of those are, are free, and they're really nice, time-saving, um, curated collections of content. We have a community on the site, um, and so we will be hosting a discussion there after tonight's event if anyone wants to continue talking about uh, terrific cyber chase resources and other resources. There's a math section on the site. Um, I see Leticia is here with us tonight, who's our community manager. We have um, thousands and thousands of teachers in there doing a fantastic job of sharing um, strategies and resources with each other to help promote um, effective use of media and technology in the classroom. So we hope that you will join our community and participate in the conversation. Of course, um, Steve Hargadon is a, a wonderful partner in these events. We couldn't do it without him, and he is the creator of Classroom 2.0. I saw a shout out about Classroom 2.0 in the chat window earlier. So um, if those of you who are not members of Classroom 2.0, we definitely encourage you to become a part of that community as well, where folks are talking about using collaborative technologies in, in learning. And last but not least, we want to thank Illuminate uh, for hosting this event. This uh, platform it makes it incredibly easy for us to do this. And I saw a lot of comments early um, in the event and in the chat window about how fun it is to be able to be a part of um, something like this that's interactive. So thank you, Illuminate. Um, now you'll see that Steve is putting up our survey. So we hope that you'll take um, a minute to fill this out for us. We're always trying to find ways to make these events more effective. So please um, do take the time to give us feedback. And as I mentioned at the beginning, we've added two fields. So if you're interested in having us send a letter to you verifying your attendance so that you can share that with someone in your school in order to get credit, professional development credit, it, please make sure that you fill out um, that section of the survey as well. Uh, so thank you everyone for being here. I see it's 9.01 Eastern time. Um, I think Steve and I you will stick around for a little while. Um, and you know, if people have last minute questions, please let us know. Um, but it was it's really great to have such a big and enthusiastic crowd. We really appreciate it.
So in one final word, moderators, please don't close the web survey window because when you do it, closes it for everyone. So uh, please feel free to fill it out, but uh, don't click that uh, red X on the right-hand side. Thank you very much. And great job, Jenny. And I'm going to hit the applause icon, the little clapping hand, for everybody who participated tonight. We sure appreciate the great job, and we appreciate your taking the time to be here. Jeremy, I see your hand is raised. If you have a question, would you please type it in the chat window? He probably meant to clap and hit the hand or the arrow off. That's pretty common error. No worries. Once again, thank you, moderators, for not closing the web door window. Uh, those of you who are still here, please feel free to ask some continued questions. In a few minutes, we will try to encourage everyone to actually leave the Illuminate session, because when you do, we can actually process the recording. So don't worry about rushing out now. But if you are done, please feel free to just go to File, Exit, or close the window down. And once again, thanks to all of our guests. Um, all of you did a really terrific job and shared some really valuable resources. And we so appreciate your taking the time to put this together. Um, clearly, our audience um, really enjoyed what you had to share. So thanks so much. OK, this is what I'm going to gently encourage you to exit the room if you're done. Uh, that will allow us to process the audio recording without having to kick you out. Thanks again for joining us tonight. Both uh, PBS Teachers and Classroom 2.0 will have um, audio, video, and uh, text chat um, recordings that will be posted. Um, classroom 2.0s go up tonight because I'm responsible for that. I don't know how long it takes Jenny to get them up, but probably by tomorrow sometime. Yeah, I, I'll post the links, um, all of the links on uh, the PBS Teachers site tomorrow. So uh, folks visiting in the morning should be able to access those. And I think I realized that I didn't include my um, slide with the archive link. So sorry about that, folks. Not like you don't have a lot of slides already. There it is. <laughs>